Welcome to the Ladies at the Lab podcast. I'm your host, Megan, and I want you to come on a journey with me as I navigate the world of digital marketing, women in leadership, and pretty much everything in between. Each week, you can expect me to talk about all things trending, work-life balance, and how I'm keeping things fun in all the places. Are you ready to pump up the jam? If so, let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Ladies of the Lab podcast. Um, I was just explaining about how I'm a one on the Enneagram, but when it comes to this podcast, I'm in my full seven, like a one in health goes to a seven, which is like, let's party, let's take an adventure, let's not have a plan or a roadmap, let's just fly by the seat of our pants, which I hate (laughs) in every aspect at home or at work. But I can't make myself be more organized here, so we're just kind of rolling with it today. Um, I'm really, really excited. I have Lauren with us today who does um, social media and influencer marketing and relations for Borough Business Lab and Society 615. Uh, But I also have um, Emma Nelson. Sorry, I forgot your last name. I had to look at my notes. Um, Emma is a registered dietitian and trainer, and she... Runs her business out of Nashville, and she has been so kind to join us today. So, I'm excited to talk about um, kind of the niche and what you do and how you serve your clients, um, but then also just hear a little bit from you about um, what it's like being a female business owner and your wins and struggles and all of those things that you'd be willing to share with us. So, welcome. I'm glad to have you. Having me. Where's Otis? Otis? Otis is under you. Oh, that's his spot when he comes in here. It was funny. I showed Lauren a TikTok this morning. My husband loves the dog, like really loves Otis a lot, wants his own Otis. And he saw a TikTok this morning and it's to that song that's the salt burn. Everybody oh, that does There's the, a murder on the dance floor. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's using that sound sound right now, but it's a dog in the middle of a conference room and he's just like completely stoic staring and the caption was when the office dog wants you to play fetch with him during the meeting and like nobody's playing fetch with him. <laughs> and Jacob, my husband was like, this is Otis. He's like, what's up? Where's the dog? The other day he was trying to get me to chase him during the staff meeting and I was like, lay down. <laughs> He's such a baby. We love him. Um, so today's a Friday, which is throwing me off, but it's fun. Um, I feel like I always want to do this podcast on Monday so that we can talk about what we did over the weekend. Um, but we'll probably just go into our segments and talk about what we've been up to this week. Lauren, do you want to start? What's up with you? Sure. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of boring this week. Kind Last of week was weird though. Yeah. So it was kind of a normal. Yes, from week. Snowmageddon. Snowmageddon. Oh my gosh, I, know. I love the snow, but I was all done. Like, yeah. I can I only take. Yeah. I was here for it. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of a homebody at her heart. So I liked it until like the last few days. Then I was like, oh, I need to get out. But I was scared because last year, and it wasn't even as bad snow last year. It's just more so icy. And I used to um, be an assistant for a dog trainer. And I was like, are we still having class today? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, great. So I, our neighborhood to get out of it is like this really kind of like winding road to get out and of course you know I hit black ice and I slide off the side of the road and so now I'm scarred so when it snowed I was like "Mm, we'll not be getting out that's good though I'm glad that we and you probably feel this too Emma you can do your work from home 
Oh my gosh. Well, I actually drove myself insane because I just worked my little butt off that whole week and was just would not stop working. I would not shut my computer. So this week is kind of like a decompression week for me. Sure. You're like, I have to do something. Yes. Get out of the house. Do something for myself. Good <laughs> it's for <been> you. Good. <laughs> I'm glad that you're able to recognize that you've capped out. Like, I need a break. I need yeah. a break from work for sure. For sure. Okay. Sorry. I totally derailed what you're up to this week. Um, Just work. We started back um, with our student ministry at our church. We meet every Wednesday and I do a Bible study group for ninth grade girls. So that was really fun because we were supposed to start back last week but because of the snow and everything we weren't able to so it was like our first official like start back after christmas which is weird because yeah. it's it's like january is almost over so january 75th i saw that i was like <laughs> why do they do that but i kind of get it but kind of not gotcha um but yeah i just been working did that hang out with otis my favorite pastime when i get home is to watch like law and order or blue bloods you know all about the crime shows I love it. Sounds yep. like sounds like a pretty normal week. Yeah. Um, Emma, you said that you kind of took a took a chill pill this week. Uh yeah, I had to. You know, they say like if you don't rest, your body will like choose for you. So I still worked and was productive, but I um was able to just keep it a little more chill this week. Last night or no, two nights ago I went to a songwriters round with my best friend she works in the music industry so being so able to cool. do stuff like that is fun you know yeah. um yeah. where was that at that was it was some like speakeasy i think it's called the late great cool. um and it's very obscure like it's hard to find so i wouldn't have known about it unless those you, are the best places i know it was so cool it's so funny my 21st birthday which has been a million years ago um we went to some random like dive and it was in it was on printer out printer's alley mm-hmm. and it wasn't like one of the bigger ones during you know cuz now it's like Jason Aldean's or wherever the big basic ones are that people go but the dives are like the more um hidden gems are kind of in now i think that those are more fun they have more personality and they don't have your typical like Nashville people that are visiting to get the Nashville experience mm-hmm. so it feels a little bit more authentic for so. sure. And the music a lot of times is better too. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's cool. Yeah. Um, well, this week, uh, my birthday was Tuesday. So I feel like I'm oh. on like a birthday binge uh, for sure. Let's see. I did a volunteer thing um, at church on Monday night and then celebrated at home on Tuesday with my family. And then my daughter um, is involved in a competition where they – Essentially, uh, she was two, one of two kids chosen from her school based on just her ability to handshake and have a conversation with adults and maintain eye contact and have good manners and that sort of thing. And so she was recognized as two student, one of two students from her school that's moving on to the county competition. And so we're kind of wow. like in prep mode because that's next week for her, which is like a huge ordeal. Um, so in in an effort to celebrate that and prepare for that, she was invited to a dinner with her principal and a school counselor and another, you know, leader at her school last night. And so we've been talking about what she's going to wear, you know, coaching on 
cool things that she can start a conversation around that might not be as common amongst. She's got a gift anyway, and so I don't feel like there's much coaching that's needed. But we've just kind of been putting her in different scenarios to prepare her without overthinking and just making it as natural as it can be. But last night she was like, I have to have dinner with my principal. I'm freaking out. And I was like, no, like, use your table manners. Like, put your napkin in your lap. Don't lay on the table. Like, don't order the most expensive thing on the menu because they took them to dinner So we got her outfit all picked out, and she went and did that last night, and she ended up having the best time. That is so sweet. How old is she? She is 11, and uh, she's in fifth grade, so seven. she was picked out of 70, one of two out of 70 fifth graders to be in this competition, so... That's so impressive. Yeah, we're really excited for her, and then if she goes the final round, it's next Thursday, and she has to network with business owners, which I was like... Say less, like, right. I got you on this. And so we made this joke. I was like, you know what? I said, I will give you commission. You could just rep Borough Business Lab and ask these small business owners about their digital marketing Yes, needs. make those sales. <laughs> I was like, I'll pay you commission for any leads. That She was like, are you serious? And so we're at that weird kind of stage, though, where she's still a little girl, but definitely entering uh puberty and adolescence and body stuff which I, I could take all the coaching um just because I don't think that our parents you know I say my generation's parents didn't do a great job talking about food or body or movement or you know changing the narrative around diets and all of that jazz how we talk about our bodies and so I'm trying to do that well for her and it's an interesting it's an interesting journey especially when you're on your own journey <laughs> to navigate <laughs> with an 11 year old and you're like I don't want to damage you <laughs> <laughs> I got the American Girl doll book that's what my parents gave me I've but like heard. they're like not a thing that much anymore you know yeah is that the I got it the was caring and keeping of you book yeah is that the same? yes okay. yes but yeah. I think that that's like a tap a toe tap into the water of all of the things that it you had have. pictures and everything interesting I just feel like uh (laughs) I just feel like kids are exposed to so much like already that's so either over the top or inappropriate or some dummy kids talking oh I shouldn't call kids dummies but if your kid's talking about dumb stuff on the bus like you're a dummy it's okay that's an accurate description (laughs) that my kid's gonna hear like I'm having to explain things to my kid now that I'm like didn't know what that was when I was 15 like sort of thing so and my parents didn't have like the birds and the bees conversation and so I'm just trying to change you know give her and Jeremy and Elizabeth Jeremy's one of our owners Elizabeth his wife has always been a mentor of mine she was like if you can put one more tool in your kids tool belt than what you had you're doing a good job and so I feel like as a parent I'm just trying to Give my kids one more tool than I had in each of these areas. So anyway, that was the long and short of what I've been up to this week. Um, Just parenting. And then last week was weird. And then this week, it's like I'm having all the makeup meetings. So I haven't been able to get as much stuff done because I'm meeting with people. Does that sabotage anybody else's work? Yeah. (laughs) Task load. And then like after the meetings are over, you're like, uh, I don't know if I can do anything else because it like takes so much out of you. It does. And I'm a people person and I like human interaction, but often, and I, I can imagine you deal with this a lot because you meet with 
people one-on-one, Emma, but like, it's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Because you have talking. to like be on. It's not, not that it's not natural, but do you know what I'm saying? Like when you're like with a client or something like that, mm. you're more so like, I have to put my best foot forward, like be careful about how I articulate things and like what I'm saying and make sure that I'm like smiling and don't have RBF and like yeah. all the things. Whereas like, if we're just like talking right now, it's more chill, relaxed. Like you're not having to think about it. And I think that we like as business people put so much pressure on ourselves for first impressions and like what people are going to think about you and mm-hmm. your business and like what you're offering so it kind of takes a lot out of you I don't know how to regulate my RBF have you figured that out yet like we always make a joke I like speak to myself in my head like watch your face I I need to do that I have the <laughs> worst I'm the, I'm the absolute worst and We've been in meetings before, and my boss was like, I wish you could have seen your face. I was like, I felt my face. I knew my face <laughs> was doing the thing that it shouldn't have been doing. I can't control it. Right. I also am having a hard time seeing these days. I should probably wear my glasses all the time, but that makes it worse because you're like, face is all scrunched up or whatever. So we should uh, try to figure out how to regulate the RBF and make a bazillion dollars. Bottle Sometimes it up. I want people to see my RBF. Like, I want you to know I'm upset. Yeah. You know? There are situations, for sure. Okay, well, it's good to catch up and kind of hear what everybody's week is like. Um, We're going to go into our segment now where we talk about our current favorites. I'm so excited about mine. Um, Emma, do you want to start or do you want me to start? That's my favorite. This is like trends. This can be trends. This can be your favorite beauty product, your favorite supplement your favorite Mm. song your favorite movie um whatever your treasure gosh right now book oh podcast i'm reading a really good book called more than a body oh body image it's written by um a pair of twins twin sisters they wrote this book because they were explaining in the beginning i'm not far into it yet but they're explaining in the beginning how they were scrutinized all growing up like picked apart this twin is bigger this twin is taller this twin has a mole this twin is I cannot so they have a really good interesting perspective on body image that's my favorite book also as far as trends I'm loving you can't tell now because my hair slicked back but I'm loving the like bouncy blowout hair look right Mm. now I am loving that I don't know why I uh secret time don't remember the last time I washed my hair I don't know what that means. Ah! <laughs> I'm so sorry to everybody. But, but you my, have hair that can do that. You know? Yeah. Well, my hair is really dry in the winter and it's fine. And so it's static, you know, all over the place. And so the last time I washed my hair, I think it was maybe last, last Sunday, I put some like coconut oil on the end of it before I blew it out just because it was just janky. And so I was like, maybe it's because I'm washing it too much, but now I just probably need to wash it. So anyway, I'm on once a weeker. I think it's good. For Rizzle? Yeah. I wish. And I sweat a lot. I don't even care. Right. And I'm, (laughs) I work out and I sweat and I'm just like, you get what you get. Dry shampoo. Yeah. That's why I have a hat on. But the other thing is, Lauren, (laughs) fun fact, my sister does hair. You can train your hair to yes. not need to be washed. I've been doing that so like I try to do two to three times instead of every day yeah so I've been doing that yep but <laughs> I was going with that my I, mind is just spinning <laughs> <laughs> I'm also um I like baby powder in my hair better than I like I've heard of that yes dry shampoo 
Absolutely. You, and it's supposed to be better for you, right? It, I don't know. So it doesn't have all the chemicals and stuff. Well, it doesn't powder. have like the propellants or whatever in the oh, spray. that makes it go. Mm-hmm. And you can mix it with cocoa powder and make it brown so it doesn't turn your hair white. Stop. I swear. And it smells good. Okay. Mm-hmm. New hack. We have just discovered it. I always use the lavender baby powder, like the Johnson & Johnson's lavender that you Ooh. can put on your baby. Um, which I haven't done in a long time because I, I I subscribe to dry shampoo, but it's just not. It's real spotty and like it'll get it in some places and others. And so I think I'm like I'm gonna make the switch back to baby. And powder. I saw like it was a while ago, but there's this thing being like it causes cancer. But you know everybody says everything causes cancer, so I don't know who'd believe. But yeah, I don't know anymore. All the things like oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still living. <laughs> Um, well, I love, I love the idea of that book. I have two daughters. And so when, when I found out I was pregnant with a second girl, I was like, dear God, please make her wildly different than her sister because I don't love comparison. Mm -hmm. And so I can only fathom that as a twin, that really sucked, um, to be judged based on that. But then also I do love a good blowout. So thanks for sharing your current faves <laughs> and your hair looks cute slicked back well, you're one of those people that can, i say those people in an affectionate way that can wear your hair like that i would look like an idiot what do you, <laughs> you use not. do you use like a product to slick it back yes i just use the garnier like it's some gel that i i just buy it on amazon Ooh. you just put it all in your hair then you get a brush and it looks great and like then it. it like dries and hardens mm-hmm. nice um, I'm going to come in looking like that, and Lauren's going to go, what are you doing? Faith always doesn't <laughs> look so good, too. I need to ask her what she uses. My head's too big. I would look like. I need, like, I want to do it, but, like, I don't have the product. And if I don't have a product, my hair is, like, frizzing. It, like, I'm, sticks off the sides, and you're like, ooh. I have yeah. lots of little baby flowers. Yes. So I just don't think it's for me, but whatever. I think it could work. Okay, well, I'm going to come in and you're going to go, why do you look like a greaser? Yes, girl. No, we'll do (laughs) slick back day. Everybody has to participate. I love it. Even the men. (laughs) Get your hair gel out, boys, okay? That's funny. I (laughs) like the middle part. Yes, (laughs) the middle part. Megan is a side part. I can't do I have a calic on this side and a calic on this side. And, and so I've just been strictly since I was in the seventh grade, a side part person, but then it made its comeback and it's so cute. I look like a dingus. And now both of my girls want to be middle part. And I'm like, Oh, this goes against everything in my flesh. Cause Jojo has calyx on both sides too. So I'm like, honey, I don't know if you can do it or not. Sadie, I think can pull it off, yeah. but the side parts back again. You know what? Because of Taylor's bangs, the Mm -hmm. little side swoop bangs. Mm -hmm. But then I saw today that she got rid of it and went back to like her regular bangs. She can do whatever she wants. Yeah, she sure can. We will subscribe to whatever. (laughs) All the things right now are like, we're going to have a Taylor Super Bowl. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, no, she said no. She's not doing it. Oh, gosh. Anyway, um, I think you wear a middle part. You wear a side part. do, Do you? Like, there's no rules anymore. No rules. There's really not. Um, okay, what about you, Lauren? What's your current favorite? My favorite is the homemade bread trend. Like it's everybody such a that day. I know is like everybody and their mother that's a girl is I mean, men can make bread too, but I haven't seen any posting about it. But all the girlies are posting about their homemade bread that they're making. And I'm like, I want to get on this trend so bad. I haven't, but I just love watching it and I feel like it's so aesthetically pleasing and just mm. like peaceful to watch people make bread or like post what they make when they cut it and you hear the sound 
it's really a beautiful art. I am not, I do not consider myself to be a great cook and I don't enjoy baking. And that feels shameful to come out of my mouth. But um, one of my best friends, she gave me a loaf of her sourdough for my birthday. It was a really sweet gift. And it is, it is art. Like, there's such a love and care that you have to take with that process that I don't have. So I'm like, this was this was the love offering that she has given. And it is very, very interesting to watch for sure. My favorite, I always tell people when we talk about bread, but it was a while ago. I think it was when I was in college, but I love Jenna Fisher. She was Pam on The Office, but she went through this bread phase, like when it wasn't popular or whatever. And she had this book and she would cook through each recipe, but she wouldn't move on until she perfected the recipe in the book and she would like do the whole like making it and everything and I was just like I could watch this for hours yeah it can't be me my friend my friend my friend made freaking bagels this morning oh my gosh (coughs) sorry cough uh but I was like wow because you have to it takes so much time mm -hmm. but I was like good for you and I will be your guinea pig you can make me some bread yeah every time I see someone post bread and then I see them in person I said where's my bread (laughs) like you're gonna make bread post it and not bring me a sample I don't know about that (laughs) yeah I would be like I'm officially living on little house on the prairie everybody (laughs) bow to me because I have mastered this bread thing I would for (laughs) sure wear that badge of honor um my current favorite um I'm showing my age here but I have loved Justin Timberlake since I was a child. Like I saw your post this morning on the stories. Emma, how old are you? Can I ask? Twenty five. Twenty five. So you would not you would not know the you would not know the love and dedication I saw in sync. Fun fact, shameful fact, I saw NSYNC in concert six times. Ooh. Wow. At one point, I stood in line to get tickets in a lottery and was the recipient of eighth row tickets because I was the seventh person behind the first person that got picked a whole time, hours and hours of time. Um, and then I, f- I grew up with him as he moved into, Justin moved into his solo career and so saw him in concert multiple times as a solo artist um, I did just recently finish Britney Spears's book, which I know she talks about him in it. Yeah, no she says a lot of things. Like I heard, like something about like he he didn't force her to get an abortion, but he basically was like, "Yeah, this is the option." There was some incriminating information uh, about him, which made me sad. Did that change your feelings about him? I don't. You know what? At this point. Uh, Brittany's book, and you can come for me in the comments if you want to. I'm taking it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Because after listening, I listened to it. I couldn't read it. I would have never made it. Is it it her talking? It's not her. It's Michelle Williams. Um, I want it to be the person talking. She is incapable. She's incapable. I don't know if she, yeah. Yeah, she wouldn't have lasted very long. Um, She, uh, Michelle Williams, does the does the reading of the book and the way that the book is constructed is literally unhinged and all over the place there's not a lot of consistency as far as she kind of flip-flops around in the timetable because that's just like how her brain is yeah and so after after listening I had a lot of empathy and sympathy for the fact that she had a really crappy childhood and basically was abandoned by her parents when she became a superstar. She was on her own. And then 
had postpartum, like really, really bad. Like she was in love with Justin. He broke her heart. They broke up or whatever. And then she got married as essentially a rebound. Had two babies like really closely together and then had postpartum. Literally crazy. She had to go like. I said crazy. Like if you know what it's like to be wild in your hormones, like times 20, that postpartum is and all the other crap she was already dealing with exactly and so and then you know people were after her about her body and why she couldn't bounce back and be what she was when she was 17 years old for crying out loud and so there's a lot of things about the relationship that she had with Justin but she really loved him and I think he screwed her up pretty good and her parents screwed her up and then her conservatorship and basically being imprisoned and not having any decisions with regard to her career or her body or any of it like basically it was just a workhorse um for her dad anyway after listening to that I had feelings about him and I was sad and I was disappointed and then he did some weird stuff a couple years ago like border cheated on his wife like and it's Jessica Biel for Pete's sake she's Hot. Yeah. yeah, she's so beautiful. Gold. Like, why would you ever like need anything else? I know, yeah. and and they seem to have such a normal kind of relationship and banter. Anyway, and all like the whole like, it wasn't like a wedding album, but it basically was like what was it when he like did his comeback? Mm. You know, when he did like the mirror song oh and all gosh. that it was all about her and everything. And I'm just like, how yeah. does how do you go from this to that? It just blows my mind. I'm like, I'm trying to find that. I don't even have that. And you're just throwing it away. Like, what is wrong with you people? I know. Just be normal. Yeah. Anyway, say what you will about Justin Timberlake. She fired a lot of shots in her book, and he's done some things. He's a human One thing is, if you know me, I'm a big Trolls girly. I don't care if it's for kids. I love the Trolls movies. I think they're awesome. I forced my parents to go with me to the premiere of the third one. So you're loving you some Justin. Oh, so amazing. He's so musically talented. He produced and like wrote all the songs that are in the movie. NSYNC's in the movie. They Mm. sing with him and everything. It's so So good. good. So good. Anyway, his new single came out today. It's called Selfish. And he's writing Married Man music and it's tender. Maybe he's trying to pay his penance for... All the ways that he screwed up, the yeah. A or B, I'm here for, and it is good. I've already listened to it like 900 times. That's the one you posted today. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine sent me, I guess he was on Jimmy Fallon last night. Yes, I saw a TikTok of them together, and they were like just being funny. Because he's such to, a good actor, too. Well, and they're like best friends. If yeah. I could pick anybody to go to dinner with, I think I'd go to dinner with the two of them, because I feel like it'd be like a two-for-one. But they do that whole thing on Jimmy Fallon where they play the song with the kids' instruments, and they did like a whole Justin montage um, cool. whenever he was on Jimmy Fallon. So that is my current favorite, J- Justin Timberlake's new single, Selfish. And hopefully, I don't know, I think the album comes out on uh, February or in February or March. Oh, so this is like mm-hmm. the single of the album. I'm so excited. So. I did, speaking of singles, I'm excited because I love Megan Trainer, and mm. her husband posted this TikTok, and it was like the of course trend, you know, oh, I do this, of course, da-da-da-da-da, mm-hmm. and he did, I'm Megan Trainer's husband, of course, da-da-da-da-da, mm. and that's what he did, and at the end, and he said, I'm Megan Trainer's husband, of course, I've already heard the new album, and Stop. I love it, and I said, oh. <gasps> Yes, because I've always wanted to see her in tour, but you know, she just had the second baby. Mm. So I was like, oh, it's going to be a while. So I'm like, please, please, please release mm. and go on tour because her last album that came out, I was obsessed with. Yeah, she's fun. Yes. And she spells her name she's the right cool. way. Yeah. She spells her name with an H. 
the only way to spell Megan. And she's a big like body positivity person too. Yeah. Which is really cool. It is cool. Um, okay. That was current favorites. Um, now I'm gonna have to get that book. Can't stop thinking about that book now. Awesome. Uh, we're going to move into our segment. I say uh, a lot. Now I'm self-conscious. <laughs> we are going to move into our segment called Tree of Trust. It's time to get in the Tree of Trust. Tree of Trust is something that I love to live by. Um, I always say I'm going to have a mural of a tree painted on one of these walls uh, because I want my space um, and the, the place that I make with other people to be a place of authenticity and honesty and vulnerability I want you to be able to say what's on your mind as long as it's not ugly or mean (laughs) towards me. Um, But a lot of the times I think that we have something in our heart or or that we're dealing with or struggling with that we might feel alone in or that might not be popular, but somebody else can really resonate with that um, topic. And so um, that's why I introduced the tree of trust. And um, if somebody doesn't want to start, I can. You start. Okay. Uh, our owners are going to laugh when they hear me talk about this. I think I've told Lauren a little bit about this. Um, January is notoriously a really difficult month in the digital marketing world. Um, I think when you're working with businesses, you're either working with businesses that are ready to move forward and really get their stuff going for the year and reimagine new ways. So we get a lot of business in um, January. We also have quite a bit of turnover in January because people have different goals and they're moving in a different direction or they want to focus their efforts in different places, which is totally fine. But between those two things, it has been complete chaos in, in the world of work and pushing buttons and responsibilities and keeping, keeping all the plates spinning. And so that just coupled with some just normal internal business things, um, I I went into a meeting, I I meet with partners every other week and I went into a meeting with the partners and we were having a conversation and before I knew it, I was sobbing, like full crying, like an idiot. (laughs) So I personally am the only female in the room and I'm sitting with three men and they're just kind of looking at me and they were very gracious and very kind, but it screwed me up for about 24 hours because we all laugh that I tend to be one of the more alpha in the room when it comes to planning and getting things done and forging things ahead. And I have big opinions and I don't care to come in confidently and share those things. And shamefully, pridefully, I like to keep that vibe as much as I can. Um, None of them are like macho dudes, like I need to be the man in the room. Um, So I knew that they weren't thinking anything of it, but I had a complex afterward. And so I called my brother. My brother runs a business and he um, has lots of employees, male and female. And I was like, dude, have you ever had a a girl cry on you before? Like, what was your perception of that? And he was really gentle and sweet. And he was like, yeah, I have had women cry in my office before. And he was like, how many times have you cried in front of them? And I was like, I almost cried one time. I was like, but this is the first time I really just couldn't control myself. (laughs) And um, he's like, yeah, you know, as long as you're not in there all the time crying, that's probably not like a pattern that they should be concerned about. He was like, the sweetest thing he said was, I think men handle their emotions in a very different way. And generally it's ragey, like, 
freak out, rip somebody a new one, go like crazy testosterone and just emasculate the person in the room. And he was like, if they handled their emotions more like a female, sometimes it might be more constructive. And he was like, I think you're just really passionate. And so when he was able to put his finger on that, that point, I was like, he's so right. I was like, I'm a passionate human being. And sometimes that can come out in lots of different ways. And that day it just happened to come out the front of my face. So like <laughs> it just happened to pour out of my eyeballs. And so since then I've been able to process with my, my bosses and in our next partner meeting, I laughed. I was like, y'all think I'm going to cry on you. Um, but then my brother also sent me this other thing, the CEO of Barstool, the huge podcast yes. network is female and she just recently retired and all over her TikTok was her crying, like just processing about that journey for her. And all those guys are super broy and yeah. typical, probably not nice dudes, but they were so kind and so gracious about the way that she communicated where she was. And so all of that to say, one thing that I'm currently learning is that, it's so corny like crying's not bad and I've never felt like it was bad but I felt like it showed a a vulnerability when really it was just my passion that was coming out and I couldn't control it like as a female sometimes I just can't control so if you're having a crying moment in the workplace it's okay maybe that just means you're passionate so I think I think females we get scared to cry because I think we're afraid people will perceive it as weakness, Mm -hmm. but it's just a different way of expressing your emotions. Yeah, so it's just learning to be comfortable with it. And I'm an emotional person; like I don't have any problem crying in uh, any other setting. Like I will cry at the drop of a hat. But I was like, oh man, I'm the only girl in the room. (laughs) Not a good look. That was my first kind of thought. So anyway, I've had time to process, which I also need about 24 hours to process. And then after that, I was like, you get what you get. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Lauren, do you have a tree of trust? Um, I think my is just like, living in the moment and trying to like take each day what it's for because I'm like a big like I like to look into like the future and be like why am I not there yet I really struggle with that because certain like places that I want to be in my life or certain milestones or things like that I get frustrated with myself because I want to be there and I'm not and then I'm like why can't I be there other people are there so just trying to live in the moment and take each day like what it gives me and like be thankful for where I'm at and try to look back at like where I was and be thankful that I'm not in those places yeah always moving forward never staying in the same place that's what I say about you you know Mm -hmm. all the growth all the things just keep swimming (laughs) just keep (laughs) swimming what a what a great mantra we should just put that that on the wall or on the door in your office yes how about you Emma Yeah, kind of similar to Lauren. I think like being in your 20s is really hard. It's challenging because it's just this era of growth and it's uncomfortable growth. And there are so many, um, so many areas of life that you grow in in your 20s, relationships, business, like career, um, being settled and feeling confident in yourself, having high self-esteem, 
I mean, spiritually too, there are so many things. And also being a business owner can feel a little isolating. I'm a solo private practice. So working by myself, I have my clients, but like sometimes it feels a little bit isolating. So I think like finding that community has been a big learning curve for me and like stretching myself in order to do that. Yeah. Um, and just like, like Lauren said, just taking it day by day, not getting too concerned about what's ahead and knowing that this is just a decade of growth and that's just how it's going to be. And that's part of the, part of the process. It's the journey. So, yeah, I think too, there's always this preconceived notion that you should know exactly what you want to do and you get on that trajectory and that's just it. Mm -hmm. Like we do not live in that day and age anymore. Like it used to be that way. It's just not anymore. And, and I think so. that's, yeah, just part of the perception because, like, that was ingrained in, into me growing up. Not necessarily, like, oh, like, this is how it has to be, but, like, that was just, like, the norm, normalcy of, like, everybody. Like, oh, you go, you go to high school, then you graduate, then you go to college, and, like, you get your degree, then you get married, then you start a family, then, like, you succeed in your career, and, like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. And so when that doesn't happen, you feel unsuccessful and, like, something's wrong with me because I'm not checking off these check marks that like everybody else did mm. like when they were at my age yeah. in their life. So that's hard. And then you'll see like people who like, it just happens like that. And you're like, what the heck? Like I'm working my butt off. Like, why am I not able to get there? Yeah. I wouldn't rewrite the story. You know, I got, I got married in my early twenties and I wouldn't rewrite that, but I always do say like if I had to go back and change something 20 to 30 is like a light year of difference you are not the same person and to evolve that much in one space like to have the freedom to make choices for yourself and not have to consider somebody else and so I do think that there's one huge benefit and blessing to be able to get married older, which I think is becoming more, I say older, like it's old, but I just mean like it used to be a thing to get married when you were 19, 20, 21, right. 22. Now I'm like, what would it have looked like have, had I had that decade of choosing for Megan, knowing Megan, doing my therapeutic work, growing spiritually, trying different things with my career without anything attached. Like what would that have looked like? And so I know that that's probably cliche and annoying for an older person to say to you, but literally like being able to, to think about yourself and consider the things that you want and to try different things. There's such a freedom in that. Um, and right now, literally, you know, I felt kind of like you because I didn't go to college. I was like, what a douche. Like I didn't go to college. Everybody's going to think I'm an idiot. And it was, and it took me 15 years to undo that narrative for myself. Like that wasn't the journey. These are the other gifts that I had. This is the way that I developed those gifts and I did it by rote. And I'm not saying this to be ugly, but sometimes I'm in a better position because of the experiences that I've had than somebody that would have gotten a four-year degree. And so it can't be just, oh, it's only this way and not any other way. And so there's an element of me that's envious of the fact that you're being able to kind of do your own thing, figure out what you want to do and have space and time to do it with the understanding that it's lonely and that you compare and that this, that, or the other. Um, it's both and. It's always both and. There's not just one right way for sure. I don't know if any of that made sense, but 
Yes, oh, it, it did. Awesome. I love the tree of trust. I get all emotional and I want to just contemplate the rest of the day. Um, but I won't do that. Um, we're going to move into uh, the segment where we hear a little bit from Emma. Um, essentially, and when I talk to Emma about being on the podcast, um, we always want to <clears throat> reflect back to Burrow Business Lab, which is di- the digital marketing business that uh, Lauren and I work for. But also one thing that we're really passionate about is networking with other business owners, specifically females in leadership, um, entrepreneurial minds, um, and then people, I-, I understand this about Emma, that is that are willing to network and that are willing to interact with other businesses and other people doing other things in order to expand, you know, kind of your reach and those connections that you were talking about. Because being solo, I can imagine is for sure alone. So that's one thing that we're really passionate about is extending that network and making those connections. And so the other thing is, and the other thing that I really want to honor is each person's unique journey in being a business owner, because you never know what you're going to say. That might be the spark for somebody that's ready to start their own business or might not know the next right thing to do uh, as a business owner or an entrepreneurial mind or a visionary or a dreamer. Um, And we've had the opportunity to interview some incredible business owners, each with their own unique stories and approach to getting their business started and keeping things going and being innovative and changing with the times. And so first, I'll let you start with a little bit about uh, what you do um, and kind of the vision behind your business um, and kind of what the main message is that you want to communicate about what what your business is. Yeah, so I'm a registered dietitian with a virtual private practice and I'm basically a nutrition and health coach. I'm also a trainer, so I kind of guide people on their exercise routine and physical activity as well. But I take a holistic approach with my clients, meaning that we look at their nutrition, their sleep quality, their stress, like everything that's within my scope, of course, and kind of coach them through that, whatever their health goals might be. And I do this all within the lens of making sure that my clients have a very healthy relationship with food and their self and Mm -hmm. their body. Because a lot of my clients come to me because they have been on and off these diets, these fad diets or um, meal plans or like really extreme exercise routines or even a a history of disordered eating. So they are coming to me wanting to kind of rewrite that for their self and learn a healthy way, something that's sustainable for them because they care about their health, but they don't want to do, they know what they've done in the past was not working. They've experienced weight fluctuations or weight regain, or just no matter how much weight they may or may not lose, they still don't feel good about their self or they still don't feel healthy. So yeah. they realize, okay, that's not the issue here. Um, so that's kind of my approach with my clients. Um, And my goal with them really is to give them the tools they need, coach them and educate with whatever nutrition knowledge they might need and help them be self-sufficient so that they don't feel like they have to like count their calories every day or (laughs) follow a diet plan or even have me like I want them to sort of graduate, so to speak, and kind of be on their own. Yeah. Um, I think that the thing that's so encouraging about what you're saying is that I did grow up a child, a product of like fad diet culture, like Weight Watchers, Slim Fast. Uh, As I got older, it was keto and Adkins and, um, the, the language around being skinny versus being healthy and, um, 
binge eating and, you know, restriction and all of this calorie counting. Like I am a child of that. And I, I think it's still a thing that is, uh, is needing the undoing. And so I think the market for that and the willingness to have those types of conversation is what I'm so excited about. But I can imagine it is an incredible feat to undo some of those like patterns in thought and in language and in the way that we view our bodies. So what admirable, uh, what an admirable, but then large undertaking. I can't imagine that it's difficult to get clientele. <laughs> well, I don't know. It, it can be, but um, there... It can be difficult too when someone actually has like medically necessary dietary restrictions, like if they have diabetes and they actually have to watch their carb intake and yeah. their sugar. So then that kind of adds another layer of complexity because a lot of my clients do have medically necessary dietary needs. Yeah. Um. So it's like, okay, how do we, how do we implement some semblance of food freedom? with these restrictions that you have, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think that, that I'll always have a job. <laughs> right. I definitely have job security, so. Yeah. I definitely love, like, the mental aspect of it that you do because, like, as I've gotten older and, like, realized, too, like, people don't realize that, like, your eating is a big part also goes with, like, your mental state as well as, like, ways that you've like trained yourself about thinking about food like I can't remember who it was that was talking to me but they read something about how like just like in our culture like in America like we use food for celebrations and Mm. like so a lot of times like we feel like we have to have like certain things to celebrate different occasions and things like that or like I know for me, sometimes I'm like, why am I eating? I'm not even hungry, but I'm like eating because I feel like I need to eat. Like there's just so many like mind things that go along with it. And it's not just like, oh, like I ate this like junk food today. So da, 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 da. It's a cultural thing for sure. Um, We've talked about this before. Like if there, if somebody's given away free food in this first world country, we're like, we got to go get our free food. Right. Like, yeah. Well, I'm not hungry, but I got to go get this free food. So like training you, you, you're like doing the training to listen to your body and thinking about why it is that you're eating that whole intuitive thing. I don't know if that's Or somebody like legit. gives it to you like as a gift or like if right. people bring it in the office, I'm like, oh, like have to eat it, <laughs> like have to take one. And I'm like, I'm not even hungry, but I'm like, I need to take this. Yeah. Comfort. Some of that is okay though too. And that's kind of what I teach my clients. It's like food isn't just fuel and that's okay. Like, especially in the South, we love on people with food. Yeah. Um, it's very representative of culture, not just our culture here. Like there is no shortage of different different cultures. Um and so not only that, celebration socialization like being able to just sit down with your friends and like have a meal or sit down with your family and have a meal um right or just like meetings or like every time you're like oh let's go get a coffee or like let's go get go to this restaurant like right I feel like that's just like like you said like you just think like oh like to hang out or do something like it's always centered around food even though you don't realize it Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's both in. Yeah. Balance. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Regulation. Um, so your business is strictly online and you do virtual. You, do, you don't do any in person. No. I'm sure. And this this might be a hot topic, but I think it's probably a blessing and a curse at the same time, especially like breaking into 
the market. So do you want to talk a little bit about what it's like to own an online soul online business, solely online yeah. business? Absolutely. I think that um, with COVID and all of the, like the push for telehealth within the last several years, that's kind of what has made this possible for me. And I think a lot of people, not only like for insurance purposes, but now a lot of people are just used to telehealth. So Mm -hmm. they're a lot more willing and realize that it's convenient and flexible. Um, So that is part of the reason why I chose to do online, but also virtually no overhead no kidding. <laughs> starting out being you know a couple years out of school like I was broke <laughs> like it's super broke so um starting a virtual private practice was kind of a no-brainer and now that everyone uses social media um, a lot of dietitians use social media not only dietitians but other healthcare practitioners too like doctors uh, um chiropractors so many different people use social media to market their services now so I was like okay this is a free way to market let's just start take messy action I felt so clueless starting out but I was just like you know what I can market my services for free online we'll worry about getting a website up later like just make sure everything's HIPAA compliant and legally in place and just get started. So that's kind of why I chose to do virtual. Yeah. So I, it probably goes without saying that your favorite digital marketing platform is, is social media. Yeah, uh-huh. I would say so. You have Instagram a great website though. So yes. high five. I can't say Thank that for you. everybody. Yes, and I love all your videos that you post. Thank you. It's been a learning curve for sure because with a dietetics degree, they definitely don't teach you a single thing about owning your private practice or business or marketing. And it's crazy too, because I don't, I don't know if any dietitians will listen to this podcast, but, um, most dietitians, you, you can make the most money in private practice and they just don't teach you anything about it really in school. So dietitians are greatly underpaid in clinical settings and, um, other healthcare settings. I can imagine. It is ridiculous. Because it, it feels, so and this may be ignorant, but it feels very supplemental a lot of time to other healthcare ad, like adventures. So if I have a heart problem, then maybe they're going to refer me to a dietitian to help with the food portion of how I can improve my heart health. I don't know if that's off base, but no, that's it feels funny. like it would be an underpaid position. It, it is. Yeah. I was making more money teaching Pure Bar, which is my group fitness that I teach, like, than, than I was whenever I was working in the hospital, which is so ridiculous. But that just goes to show you, like, dietitians are kind of across the board underpaid. So private practice is kind of where you need to, you want to be at, and they just don't teach you anything about it in school. So once I realized I wanted to do private practice, I was kind of like, okay, like, do I need to go get my MBA? Like, do I need to take a business course? Like, I don't, I've so lost. Um, but I just started anyway, you know, with that fear. So I love that though. That's, uh, that's a, I love a motivated like person that's willing. And that's, that's where I get entrepreneurial vibes from you is a lot of entrepreneurs are just scared and they do it anyway. Like they just take the leap. So that's super brave. I admire that. I don't, I'm the most calculated human being on the planet. Like (laughs) I will deliver pizza because I know I can bring a paycheck home every day <laughs> versus like taking, I don't have, I'm not a gambler. I don't take risks. So Trey of trust about me. I, I 
will never be an entrepreneur. <laughs> I'll do a lot of other things, but that won't be it. So high five. What do you feel like in the journey for you to set up what seems to be a very stable, you know, lucrative business? What do you feel like one of the biggest obstacles was that you had to overcome in that journey? Um, I think probably, probably knowing when to dive in fully because I hung on to other part-time jobs. I worked as a community dietitian and worked in the hospital and kind of went from more full-time hours, dwindled down to part-time to PRN until I could just go fully on my own and yeah. fly. But um, I stalled for a really long time and it was a hard transition for me to realize like it was just that fear of not having a consistent paycheck. I think like even though I knew like the more hours you put elsewhere, you're not going to be able to have enough time to grow at the speed you want. So yeah. eventually I just had to have like come up with the courage to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to feel a little bit broke for a little bit, but it's okay because I'm going to have more opportunities for growth and more chances to market my services yeah. and learn how to expand this. So that was probably one of the biggest barriers starting out. And then also getting clients, learning how to get clients. Yeah. Um, and learning that you can network and come up with referral systems with doctor's offices and um, other healthcare clinics that they desperately need dietitians, but they don't know how to get them. And it's just a matter of you putting yourself out there and setting up that relationship. So that was yeah. another learning curve. I love that gumption about you. Not everybody's willing to do the networking, but knowing what I know about you, that's something that you're willing to do in order to help drum up clients and build your clientele. So got to shake hands and kiss babies. I'm going to have a t-shirt made that says that. You should. Shake hands and kiss babies. Everybody's like, what's that mean? Is that your saying? Well, it's just here at Bar Business Lab, we, a lot of the times if people are not willing to do the networking, which is step zero, like mm. I can't help you. Like, yeah. Marketing is not a magic pill that's going to make your business pop off. Like you got to do the elbow grace work. You got to get in the ditch and dig. Like it's just a part of the hustle. And so I admire people that are willing to go, even if it's uncomfortable for them or it's time consuming. I feel like when you're in business, you have to really like one, like you said, you just have to have courage and like believe in yourself. And that can be really hard because like, the fear of failure is such like a big thing. Like, like you said, like wanting to hold on to other things. Cause you're like, I know that will be constant. And like, I'm not going to fail because I have that backup. So definitely that can be really hard. And also like to brag, like sometimes it can be hard to like brag on yourself. Cause you feel like, Oh, like I should not be talking about me or like my services, but like in networking and things like that, you have to, so you can get that message across. So that can kind of be like a hard thing to like get started into when you're just like, uh, yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot, but it's like round a bicycle. The more times you do Mm -hmm. it, you know, before you know it, your hands are off the wheel. And everybody's Mm -hmm. like probably feeling the same as you. Like everybody's a person. Everybody's like there to like do the same thing for their business. So just trying to like, I guess like what I've like grown and like started to like about is like the relational aspect is to like you get to know people and like get to know their stories and like this is how like they came to be da 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 and just getting to learn from other people. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I want to honor your time. I'm not going to take too much. I do love to know what people use, like what tools or processes they use to keep themselves or- self-organized. 
it sounds like you're a, a one man band and you're on your own show. Do you have any tips or tricks that you like to share about how you stay organized? Gosh, I need help. Actually, <laughs> um, I respect an honest answer. I, I feel like I, I have a really good memory, which, which helps my organization. Like I have like different sheets and different places and different like Excel sheets and notepads on my phone. And like, I kind of remember where everything is so mm-hmm. it stays organized. But when I, when I scale, like I'm going to be so screwed. So I don't really need a better system. <laughs> Just probably need an assistant and you need to start delegating. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. So you Eventually. can do what you're doing. Um, what do you like to do for fun? I love to talk to people about work and we could talk for hours yeah. and days about work, but I also like to know what people get into just for fun for themselves personally. I mean, I love uh, health and fitness is kind of my passion in work and outside of work. So I teach bar classes. I love to work out, be active, walk, walk the dog. Um, I saw you were a dog mom. So I'm actually a dog stepmom to my roommate's dog, but he oh. might as well be my dog. <laughs> I, love, I love all the titles for the stepmom of the dog. I That's know. cute. Yes. <laughs> He's the best. I just adore him. So walking him, listening to music, concerts. I love fashion. I love, you know, all the things. I love that. Um, well, I just really appreciate you being here. Um, I love to hear about different people's journeys in business and to hear a brave woman just share about where she took a leap and where she's still continuing to grow and uh, things that maybe were difficult that she was able to overcome um, and the things that she's learning as she continues to navigate the journey. That's what I'm doing. And I love to be in the company of people that are doing the same. Um, we have just put a date on the calendar for our next, our next networking. I'm not going to share it yet because I don't know it off the top of my head, but I'll share it on. It's coming though. It's in March. It's in the middle of March. We um, like to host networking events that don't suck. That is my tagline. (laughs) Um, They're fun. Yeah. You won't just be standing in a corner feeling awkward. Nope. It's very much a meet and greet sort of situation. Usually we have a snack and um, I'll get up and say a little bit about something or other with relation to digital marketing. And we'll hear from a small business owner who usually hosts us. And um, our next one's coming up, and I'm super excited about it. So I'll get the details out about that. That way you can join us. Um, Emma, maybe you could come and join us for our next networking event. People might be ready to have your business card at this point. (laughs) Um, But I really appreciate you giving us your time and letting us hear a little bit from you um, about your favorites, but then also about what business is like for you. Um, With that being said, happy weekend. Happy Friday. It's a Friday today. um, And I hope that everybody um, has a great week. We'll talk soon. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.